Hello, Great Minds! It's Friday, and that means it's time for Drinks with Great Minds in History. You guys ready to go for tonight's episode of Shots? Let's get going. I guess. You guess? You get. You are never confident in your body. I'm going to say cut that and not cut that. We can leave that. But I'm cutting to shots heard around the world now. Thurgood Marshall versus Jefferson. So welcome to the show, everyone. You don't know this, but we've been bullshitting for our usual social drinking Q&A that we do before Shots Begins. As everyone kind of trickles in, uh, we do our best to answer some listener questions, talk a little bit about mistresses, books that we want to write, and our favorite beers tonight. Feel free to go and check that out at the DGMH Patreon page. As always, I am your host, Mr. DGMH, otherwise known as Zach DiBacco. And thanks for listening to this round of Shots Heard Around the World. Today, we are going to discuss an unlikely matchup. That is Thurgood Marshall and Thomas Jefferson. I won't lie, I had a very hard time with this one, as I didn't really think that I had anyone that matched up perfectly with Thurgood Marshall. Jefferson and Lincoln were the people we've covered on the show that seemed to come to mind to kind of round out the story nicely. The Declaration, the Civil War, the Civil Rights Movement, kind of hitting it all together. I even considered a dangerous, risky undertaking of bringing us into DGMH's first three-way, but I decided that that might be too hard and too messy of an episode to do, so we are sticking with just a 1v1 tonight. So yeah, I I thought it was best to put it in social media to solve the problem, and to my surprise, it really wasn't that close across Instagram, Facebook, and the uh, page slash group. Votes always trended towards Jefferson, not to say that Lincoln didn't get his share, but tonight, as a result, we will be doing Thurgood Marshall versus Thomas Jefferson in the battle for life, liberty, and the pursuit. In the battle for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But before we get into all that, as always, I am joined by the first lady of shots, Kelly Rizell. Hi, Kelly. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Fantastic. A little stuffed up always makes for a hard recording. My high school history teacher, Colin Farrell. How are you doing, Colin? Good. Glad to be here. I'm uh, happy to have you here. And of course, our Yinzer with Yingling, our Apple Pie Patriot himself, Shots regular guy, Luke Franchuk. Hi, Luke. Hi, Zach. Luke's always the last one in anymore. He's like, oh, oops, I got to watch the Olympics. I'll be in in a minute. Uh, it's so. a triathlon. I, I, was, I got sucked in, you know? I, I guess I guess so. Like apple pie on the 4th of July, Luke just couldn't turn away from the Olympics. He's a true patriot. He's an apple pie doodle dandy. Uh, so what's new, everyone? Any big stories? Cullen just got back from his trip to Portland. I just got back from my trip to Universal. Luke and Kelly, did you do anything fun? I got a massage uh, today. Ooh. Oh, that's fun. Oh, yes. That's fun. Wow. No, my big day. All that and comes to mind when I hear massage <laughs> is George Costanza, it moved. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. I love it. I love it. Luke, did you get a massage? No, I'm kidding. Oh, no, I didn't get a massage, and I haven't gone, like, um, I'm still teaching summer school, so my summer hasn't even really started yet. Well, that's fucking hilarious, because my summer's ending. I know. When your summer's ending is when mine will be starting. I'll have three weeks of no responsibilities. So be spending, I'll be spending I mean, a week. I don't take on a whole lot of responsibility at school anyway. So. Oh, yeah, that's actually pretty true. <laughs> oh, my. So I'll be spending you... a week in New England, though. 
So Ooh. I'll be doing that. Yeah. Any particular New England state? My friend lives in Boston. Ooh. And so we're still trying to figure out what we're going to, but it sounds like we may be doing a road trip up to uh, Bar Harbor, Maine. Cool. Oh, we Oh, I've been to Cheers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Both of them? There's like a touristy one and then there's a real one, right? Yeah, I've been to the real one and then the touristy one, uh, I think we got drinks at once. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's fun. So, I've always wanted to go up to Maine. I really want to I have to a picture there. outside the, the replica that I can share to the uh, Facebook page. Oh, right. you better. You better. Feel free to share <laughs> images of your trip. And, Cullen, if you want to share any history you covered on your trip to the Facebook page, please do. The Facebook group. I the group's the group, and it's growing. 1,500 almost. Yay. Yay, 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 yay. So, shout out to our <laughs> Facebook group members that don't listen to the podcast. And, more importantly, the ones that do listen to the podcast. Thanks for listening. The rest of you listen please uh so what are we drinking tonight luke actually i i have to be a real buzz killer oh uh, Uh-oh. i i oh, started i started a new medication and they told me to not drink with it so i i don't have anything <laughs> Whoa. what's your medication? You on the show? What, what medication are you on uh hipaa zach oh okay <laughs> okay all right hope that clears up for you luke okay <laughs> <laughs> no okay well hopefully it's for like a disease or anything like that <laughs> hopefully it's making you feel like you're drinking or something like that hopefully it's a perky i don't know I, maybe, maybe it's better who knows okay so luke is tapping out but we know he'd have a yingling lager hopefully somebody is filling the void tonight uh Colin, what are you drinking well since uh luke couldn't bring the yingling today i brought the yingling and i'm drinking on luke's behalf so i'll drink for both of us Wait a second. Something's missing. Something's not right. Luke? Oh. Oh, Cullen, you must be enjoying a traditional lager from America's oldest brewery in Pottsville, Pennsylvania. America's oldest yes, brewery Yes, that's, that's it. That's what was missing. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, Cullen. Uh, wouldn't be an episode of Shots without Yingling's free advertising. So cheers. Uh, Kelly, what are, you, what are you drinking tonight, Kel? Uh, actually, an Oktoberfest. I went to Publix today and I saw it, so I had to buy it. It's August. It's July. July. It's July. It's July, but August. <laughs> You're wow. August. Oh, it's a Sam it. Adams one too. Yeah, that was Oktoberfest. I had to. Revolution. That, that is that is good beer. Sam Adams Oktoberfest is good beer. It's, oh, it's good one of my chili favorites. beer too. If you you like yeah. your chili, put that in it. Oh my god, I love. It. I'm gonna have to go pick some up now. Mm-hmm. I did not know that was already out. Oh my god. I know. It means well, I gotta go look for pumpkin beer next. Yes, you do. You better. You better. Because I, oh my gosh, I got to buy my one four pack of $18 pumpkin, not pumpkin, uh, Kentucky pumpkin barrel ale. I buy one case, every, one four pack every year because I'm not spending $36 on eight beers. Uh, so, all right. Well, I am drinking a shot of Jefferson's bourbon in a cup with a J on it because I have a cup with a J on it and why not? Jefferson's bourbon is out of Louisville, Kentucky. I thought that there was a Kentucky connection there, but I just can't remember what it was. Of course, the bourbon is for Marshall. That was his drink of choice. Jefferson for the name, but interesting bit. Distiller Trey Zoller, I believe is how you say it, once noted on the name of his bourbon, quote, I had no marketing budget. I simply wanted a recognizable face associated with history and tradition. So he chose Jefferson. So I thought that was kind of interesting. There's like, there's no reason to choose Jefferson in this Kentucky distillery. He just chose Jefferson and why not? It's a very popular brand. It's very good. They actually have one, uh, I don't know, boy, 
what brand or version of their bourbon that is distilled on ships at sea. So the barrels are stored on a boat as they are, you know, resting. The constant movement keeps it, I don't know, better, I guess. I, don't know. I haven't tried that one because it's like almost $80 a bottle. This one's only like 30 a bottle. Pretty neat. Way more expensive than the bottle I bought. But real quick, a huge shout out and thanks to our drinking buddies, the Professor Buzzkill Podcast, the gang over at Say Hello to the Bad Guy Podcast. Of course, there we mean Locke. Uh, and everyone else that participates, and Andy Cheevers, our Australian now contributor to the Facebook group, whose Australian tales are really interesting. That one guy he covered when I was out of town was freaking interesting. So, you know, you'll be getting a little more Australian great minds, at least monthly, he said, he'd like to keep posting. So be sure to catch those and enjoy them. They're fantastic. So cheers to all of you, and thank you for supporting the show. And a special late uh, listener shout-out to Courtney, our DGMH patron of the arts, because I always seem to forget to do it when I'm recording a solo episode. Your support, all of your support, helps this show keep on going. Listeners, DGMH, if you can, you know, we don't, it doesn't necessarily mean uh, supporting the show financially, but you could do that over at the Patreon page or leave the show a great, hopefully, five-star review. Again, at the Patreon page, we have a ton of great content to be heard, probably hours upon hours at this point. I mean, every shot's bonus episode is like 20 minutes long. So anyway, and Kelly and I put out a nice one on... Uh, what the fuck did we talk about the other day? Oh, Miranda writes. Uh, we talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah, we talked about a lot of shit. Did you guys listen to that one? No, I'm I'm uh, I'm, I'm going to be in the car this week, so uh, can't wait. Yeah, no, it turned out really room. well. It was a lot of fun. All right, well, let's get to it. It's Mr. Civil Rights versus the Sage of Monticello in a battle I didn't see coming. But first, it's some history for you, a reason to drink for me. It's the history of the great minds that made history come to be. Transition. Oops, oh, that's like the perfect alert. Perfect timing for an alert. That was my yeah, driver update right now. It has to be right now. It does, yes. You must update right now. So to start things off tonight, I thought we might compare the two like we did last time. Just to kind of put it in perspective. Both men seemed, in my opinion, to reach the highest office of their respective fields in a way. Jefferson, the unexpected politician, became president. Marshall, the tireless advocate, legal advocate, became a justice of the Supreme Court. Both seem to advocate for different freedoms in different ways. Both seem to have a vision of a better America, dare I say a more equal America, but that doesn't necessarily mean that both achieved the same level of greatness in that respect. But these great minds are from terribly different worlds and times and days. So this should make for an interesting conversation, and one that I know, Colin, you were uh, interested in having uh, when we brought this up earlier. So with that, let's move to our first question. Do you think this was the right matchup? As opposed to Lincoln, why or why not? Quick answer. The the Declaration of Independence is so much different than the United States Constitution. And then that constitutional convention that happens, um, Jefferson wasn't a part of that. So in my mind, I mean, he had he he kind of started what the idea and the embodiment of America would be, and then it was finished by the group of demigods that he wasn't a part of. So and, and, and let's not forget, the Southern colonies threatened to walk out of that conference if slavery was brought up to be abolished. So it's, you know, that was a big sticking point. They almost lost the whole convention over slavery. And, you know, I, I know, like, we, we like to blame Jefferson for not finishing what he started, you know, with, with the whole all men are created yeah, equal. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Is that why you think it's such a good matchup then, that uh, the all men are created? It is, because, I mean, the embodiment of what freedom and liberty is, is started in that, it's stated in that document. Mm -hmm. and, and, and 
truly Thurgood Marshall saw that dream realized through the through what he did with the civil rights movement, yeah. amongst others like Martin Luther King and the Absolutely. other guys. But that's and to be honest, <laughs> and this will be later. But I, I would blame the failure of Reconstruction for that because the South was never rehabbed after the Civil War, and it took that 150 years to get to where the civil rights uh, movement could could finish Jefferson's vision. I hear vision. what you're saying. I hear what you're saying for sure. Kelly, what about you? Do you think this was the right matchup? I mean, I don't know if you all voted or not, uh, but were you you think this is the better one? I was leaning more towards Lincoln. Personally. Oh, why? Um, I just thought that they matched up a little bit better because the same issues that Thurgood Marshall was dealing with is what Abraham Lincoln, he really did start the ball. He did, yeah. you know, end slavery, try to give equality to blacks and I just felt like it matched up better. I, and I don't necessarily disagree with you. We might have an opportunity to discuss that later if there's time. Luke, is this the matchup you were hoping for? No. Oh. Our viewers are misguided. Our viewers, our, our listeners. I, our listeners I, are... the, the, this, this debate should be Lincoln versus Marshall. I should say now I think our former listeners are misguided. Thank you, Luke, for that. I look forward <laughs> to your letters. But yeah, they they uh, it should be Lincoln versus Marshall. I, there there's more substance there. Civil rights came out of the Civil War, but I guess we'll talk about Jefferson instead. Okay, reluctantly, I guess. I I don't know. I I, I mean, sometimes I regret not just doing the three way, uh, putting them all in here and having the full story. But I don't know how that would have voted out in the end. Uh, I, I, like, reason you can. I mean, if three of the four people were for Lincoln, then do Lincoln. I mean, it's... No, way, no, 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 no. The people no, no. voted. This the is a democratic... Have, the people, have spoken. The people yeah. have spoken, and they spoke for Thomas Jefferson v. Thurgood Marshall. And they're wrong, was, but we'll deal with it. They're not necessarily wrong. In fact, I think that Jefferson might be a more interesting conversation because it brings us into the world. I think that Lincoln and Thurgood would have been such a U.S.-centric discussion that now Jefferson's influence brings us into a world history discussion to an extent, uh, at least Western, all of Western history, whereas the other two are kind of just tied firmly to the United States. Just my thoughts. All right, well, let's actually start debating the people who came to debate. Okay, so who do you think accomplished more in their lifetime, Jefferson or Thurgood Marshall? All right, who wants to go first? I haven't picked an answer yet. <laughs> Yeah, this one's all your questions have been hard. <laughs> I'll go first. Okay. Uh, Jefferson's a founding father. He sets up the Declaration. He sets up the Virginia Statute for Religious Freedom, which truly separates church and state and is the basis, really, for Madison. Madison finishes that argument in the uh, Virginia legislature. And then a year later, you know, and uh, what was it? Uh, or a couple years later, then he'll, he'll write the First Amendment with the Bill of Rights. And again, the Bill of Rights only exists because Jefferson pushed for it and, and berated Madison. So when you're, when you're looking at a founding father of a country, you know, who basically set up what some of the institutions would later become, I think there's more gravitas for Jefferson. That's not to say that Thurgood wasn't a fantastic legal mind who, you know, will end up writing so many opinions that never get overturned and stuff. But on that note, though, I mean, I, I, I feel like we might be I don't know if this is the right thing to do, but, you know, Jefferson's work is unfinished. I don't know that Marshall's was. So when we talk accomplishments, I'm not entirely sure that I, I, I mean, I see religious freedom as an accomplishment of Jefferson, but when we start extending to the whole of American history, which really this is the first time we're doing this, kind of going from founding to 
20th century, comparing two people that don't belong in the same world, I, I think it becomes harder to say that his accomplishments were finite or full. Whereas I think Marshall's certainly were more finite, more complete uh, than, than Jefferson's. Not to belittle the importance of them, but just to kind of counter the point and bring, you know, make myself think here. Kelly, what do you think? And I would, I would disagree with that um, because I do think that most of Thurgood's, you know, his achievements were huge, but I don't think they're finished yet because we still oh. do have so many issues. People are still fighting over the decisions that he made as a Supreme Court justice. But as a Oh, Roe v. Wade, things like that, yeah. Roe v. Wade, everything. Hard. I mean, we still have, you know, discrimination and racism and whatnot. But, I mean, Jefferson, like Colin said, he's a founding father. Um, for me, I was just thinking of the Louisiana Purchase. You know, he doubled the country. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. it's it's a hard comparison. It's a they're weird book, They're bookends in a lot of ways. Oh, I mean, yeah. they both span the other side. Like you said, they are in different centuries and different ideas. But and, and then it's like shit show volume one, shit show volume two, shit show volume three, everything in between. Uh, it would be like reading, reading a novel and saying which was more important, chapter one or chapter 20 at the end. Like oh, it, it's, hard, it's hard to compare each one of them be, and that and maybe that's why Lincoln would have been a better choice I don't know I don't know if it would have been any different in all honesty <laughs> I, he's like the the stack's so wide that you need a bookend in the middle and that's Lincoln in this story Luke is yeah. um kind of what you were saying earlier Zach about uh, whether or not their work is unfinished and, and kind of in that vein uh, I mean Jefferson was a child of the enlightenment so I don't know that he would have ever wanted his work to be complete or be considered complete because I think he would be much more interested to see how his ideas were transformed. And you, ha and you have Thurgood Marshall who's working on, on previous legal precedent and building on top of that and forming his conclusions. So, uh, I mean, they're two men of a, two very different ages. I, I agree. It becomes very hard. And I mean, I knew this going in. You know, Luke, you brought up something that I actually wrote down to ask is, did I put a fair limitation on this question by asking who accomplished more in their lifetime? Are their accomplishments contained in their lifetime? I mean, Jefferson, for me, oh, the declaration, is it spans way beyond his, his lifetime. Desegregation and, uh, you know, kind of bringing about progress towards the end of discrimination that carries way past Marshall's lifetime the decisions he made you know or contributed to alongside other justices like Brennan you know the way they use judicial activism as it's called to to use the constitution to better society in their own in what they viewed as a betterment of society I'm sure some listeners would disagree they it's, it's tough I mean you know you sit here and you talk about freedom and these things that Jefferson alongside of a pantheon of founders fought for. Well, Marshall alongside a pantheon of civil rights activists and Supreme Court justices did the same thing. I mean, you bring up freedom of religion, freedom of speech. These are things that went through the court many times, courts that Marshall presided over uh, to no small extent. I mean, uh, symbolic speech cases, abortion cases, death penalty cases. These are bringing the Bill of Rights into question. That's kind of what I like about this matchup is that the things that Jefferson threw out there, the things that Jefferson was part of, Marshall's now adapting to a 20th century age. I don't know. It's mm. a tough question to answer who accomplished more. If I changed it or tweaked it to... Shit, I don't even know. What would I say? Freedom? I, I You know, I mean, I, I don't even know how to say it. who Who created a... a, a 
who did more to establish freedom and quality. I don't even know if that's how we can measure an accomplishment. Thoughts? It just reminds me, I don't know if any of you have ever read uh, Eric Boner's book, The, um, the American, uh, The Story of American Freedom. And he defines what freedom means to each group in America from the founding fathers to present. And oh, how that So out there. The definition yeah. changes. Yeah. Which yeah, I think is but exactly it, what this argument is. Freedom to Jefferson is a lot different than what freedom looks like to Thurgood Marshall. Absolutely. And Colin, were you trying to say something there? Well, the whole point is uh, that Jefferson wanted government by consent, not governance by inheritance. And what you have is every 25 years, you have a new generation that is born into this society. But the social compact is never renewed. It's never refreshed. You just you won the birth lottery, you got born in America, best, best country in the world, yes. But did you really have any skin in the game in creating that, that construct? The answer is no. And that's where Jefferson is completely radically different than the other founding fathers. He believed every 25 years, this needs rebooted. Ooh, yeah. And that would have been really different had that happened. If, you know, like after the Civil War, they broke into a second continental, you know, Congress and yeah. rehashed the thing. It's interesting. I mean, yeah, I think that they fought for different different freedoms. Obviously, you know, Jefferson's fighting for a totally different freedom, a freedom from monarchy, quote, tyranny. Um, freedom from tradition, freedom from inheriting a 250-year model, trying to make a 18th century set of rules work in a 21st century world. Yeah. There are issues that the founding fathers could have never conceived of nowadays, and we yeah. continue to default back to their wisdom, but there is no amendment for privacy. There is no, you know, there's some of there's certain things yeah. that are just weren't and it's, considered. It, and it's justices like Marshall that have to sit here and create that right to privacy. So it's and he did, yeah. That's why they're booking. Yeah, I don't know when was when was Map v. Ohio. Now I, I'm curious. Um, mm. Luke, you're my lookup guy. Map v. Ohio. Yeah. In the seventies. I think you're right. It was in the seventies. Yeah. No, sixty-one. So. It's a little before Marshall's tenure in government. He's still rocking it with the NAACP. Uh, he's still, you know, working his way up. Uh, but that's that's interesting. I don't know. So let's lighten things up for a second. Who would win in a fight? Marshall. I think so, too. I think he's a brawler. Especially yeah. after that trailer for that Marshall movie, that 2017 yeah. Marshall movie I watched. He looks like a brawler. Broad shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> He's tall too. Like he's a he he's a he's a presence in a picture in a room. You know he's a, a broad man. Jefferson's not a, a presence in a room. He's a different kind of presence in a room. Colin, who do you think will win a fight? I think one ball has got he, he would win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one ball's got it. He's oh, tough. One, one ball, yeah. Like you said, brawler and the physically bigger, and I think he, he'd take Jefferson. Absolutely, Kelly. Do you agree or disagree? I absolutely agree. <laughs> All right, I love it. I love it. So we have Marshall winning in a fight. We are a little contested as to who accomplished more. It's a hard question to ask. You know, maybe the more we debate it, you start to see, you start to wonder who, who what, were the listeners right or not? Uh, it's a tough call. Colin, the funny thing is your picture has been frozen through everything you said for like the past 10 minutes. Oh, no. Am I cutting out? Not at all. It's just blacked out. Oh, geez. Your, your video, you might want to restart your video. Okay. Who would win in a fight between Lincoln and and Marshall? Well, after everything we learned about Lincoln's wrestling, Lincoln. I would say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the real splitter. Hey, there's Colin. 
Yeah, I... Uh, oh, the rail splitter. Yeah, I forgot that nickname that he had. Yes, yeah, so we're throwing in a lot of liquor. This is like a weird... He's like, trying, he, it's like he wants, a, he wants it to be a three-way, but it's just not happening. It's a cage match. Three-way cage match. <laughs> All right, so who was a better leader? In this case, I think we must split them and say who was a better leader in their respective movements, uh, respective revolutions, I guess. Who do you think, maybe better isn't the word, who do you think was a more crucial leader in the outcome or change brought about, I think is the way to ask this question. I would say Thurgood Marshall solely because of Jefferson's inability to lead. I think Jefferson didn't like to really negotiate, talk through, think through with others. I know you and I mentioned this last week when um, Louisiana purchased. He just did it. He was like, well, that's done. So, but Thurgood has to have this whole legal team and get things accomplished. So I guess solely on, I don't think Jefferson technically is a good leader. See, I always see that as one of Jefferson's more crowning achievements, one of his greatest accomplishments, one of his moments as a leader where he puts aside his own personal beliefs and says, well, for the betterment of my nation as a leader, I'll just buy the fucking thing, and then we can deal with it later. Even though I totally agree that I don't have the power to do this, I'm going to do it anyway. Fuck it. Here we go. Because that's, I think that that's what a great mind, a great leader does, is makes the tough calls. In that sense, I don't think Marshall, I think that Marshall stuck to his guns a lot more than Jefferson. But I don't know that that always makes for a better leader. Colin, what are your thoughts? I agree with what Kelly said. You know, Jefferson was kind of paralyzed when it came to decision-making sometimes when faced as president. Uh, during the invasion of 1812, like, wasn't he governor of Virginia or something like that? Wait, he, he was governor and... of Virginia during the Revolution. I don't... Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, at some point, I think some, some townsfolk looked to him, like, for help, and he just froze. You know, like, he... He was not a field commander. He didn't, you know, he wasn't the best organized, you know, in terms of defending Virginia. But if I could read one thing from, from Marshall that I think really sums it up, it says, while on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit, and you might have touched on this, Zach. It was a, a Kennedy wrote, appointment in the early 60s. Yeah. He wrote over 150 decisions, including supporting the rights for immigrants, limiting government intrusion, cases involving legal search and seizure, the legal concept of double jeopardy, the right to privacy issues. And biographers Michael Davis and Hunter Clark note that none of Marshall's 98 majority decisions were ever reversed by the Supreme Court. So oh, in terms as, of- as, fact, a, as a, a member of the appellate court. Right. So he was writing case law that was becoming the law of the land. And the Supreme Court was like, you got it one ball. Yeah. So I really believe that, that Marshall had a, a lot more effectiveness and, you know, was, I think, the better of the two administrators. And, you know, we talk about, we've brought up the Bill of Rights a few times and, and you know, selective incorporation is a big piece there, forcing the states to acknowledge or follow the Bill of Rights. I don't know if we've talked about it before on the show or not. I think we have briefly, but the reality is that it sounds like more and more that I read, more and more that I hear. Marshall's there between his appellate appointment, uh, his solicitor generalship, I guess, and his Supreme Court justice, uh, time as a justice. You know, he's there for so much of this from 61 on. It's just, it's, ins it's insane that you don't really, as a quick overview in a podcast, I don't sit here and say that every, you know, that, that statistic, though, that's insane. None of his decisions were overturned by the Supreme Court. I mean, that's, that's a big deal because that's the whole purpose of the court. It goes for, it would have gone through the appellate courts to the Supreme Court's next. I mean, that's, that's tough. So are you, who are you saying, Colin? 
the decisions he writes, his opinions become the law of the land. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, that's so influential. And so decisive. almost in a way that Jefferson's declaration becomes the, the bedrock of the land in a, in a way. Um, but I don't necessarily know if that, I mean, it's certainly his greatest probably accomplishment. It's something that we really didn't spend a whole lot of time with the Declaration of Independence, you know, being his single greatest accomplishment. We'll talk about, it, I'm sure we've discussed footprints. Not even on his headstone. Yeah, that's, I know. It's not. <laughs> wait, no, wait. No, it is. President's not. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Wait. President's not. Yeah. Declaration. President's not. Okay. Founder of the call, the University of Virginia and. Virginia religious statute. He's like president, Where? vice president, who gives a shit? Uh, Governor of Virginia what? But okay. who, who's your answer, Cullen, for a better leader? Marshall? Yeah. That, oh. I, I thought I just gave my – I was agreeing with Kelly, too. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Jefferson was indecisive. I, I, Luke? Oh, I agree. I, it's Thurgood Marshall. I agree. I mean, we already talked about the Louisiana Purchase, but I kind of find that to be uh, hypocritical of Jefferson, whether or not it was the right thing to do, because he's all about the voice of the people. We need to listen to what the people tell us to do. And then he goes, I'm going to buy French North America. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, it's a, it's a tough call. I mean, when I think of these two, Jefferson's just always kind of there giving people like the, the, the template for their actions. Like this is do what you need to do. I'm not going to be part of that, but here's my kind of instruction manual for how it should kind of be in the end. And I see it, but I see Marshall as someone who like leads through, uh, leads people through a movement, uh, in many ways a war, uh, a revolution in the country. You know, if, if Jefferson's a revolutionary, I think Marshall is too. And he's, you know, fighting battles and winning battles. His, his, his battleground is the courtroom, but he's winning battle after battle. What does, what does Jefferson do? He, he basically starts shit and then doesn't deal with it. You're right. Even during the revolution, he wasn't capable of defending Virginia. Uh, necessarily. He uh, narrowly escaping capture by Minister Charlton. But beyond that, even, uh, you know, he basically starts the War of 1812 with his policies, and then he's like, oh, bye. <laughs> see ya. Uh, I, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I always see Jefferson as more of an idealist and less of an actor, and I see Marshall as both an idealist and an actor. I gotta, I gotta tilt my hat towards Marshall as a leader, too. And I don't think in terms of leaders' positions, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this. I don't think that it matters that Jefferson was president and Marshall wasn't. I don't think that's an – I think that they achieved – that's what I was trying to say earlier. They achieved their high points in their career. Do you guys agree with that that sentiment? Different, oh, different yeah. branches. Yeah. Of three branches, yeah. I mean, judicial versus executive. They're, they're in different domains. All right. Well, let's pivot then to this episode's Patreon bonus question. It's that time of the show where we cover a topic that is kind of out there in the orbit of our great mind, Thurgood Marshall. Uh, this one kind of pissed everyone off right away. I, I don't know why, because it was too too broad, too hard. I don't know. Uh, but we are going to pivot to this round's Patreon bonus question as we get ready to discuss an issue, a person, or an event that we think was most significant or the most significant moment, depending on what you choose, of the African-American civil rights movement. Listeners, just follow the link in the show notes to get access to this exclusive Patreon bonus episode available to all great minds and up. All right, let's pivot back and wrap up this episode of Shots Heard Around the World. Listeners, be sure to check out that Patreon bonus exclusive. We discussed a Q, uh, Q, oh my God, I can't speak tonight. A few key civil rights activists, uh, the military or militant side of civil rights with 
Truman as well, and got a, an interesting bit on Selma, and beyond that, Eleanor Roosevelt. So a lot of great stuff that came out of that Patreon discussion available to great minds and up. So as we wrap this up, for it turns out Luke's sake, I, I wanted to ask, if we had chosen Lincoln instead of Jefferson, what would you? Who would you have said accomplished more, Marshall or Lincoln? As far as who accomplished more, I think I would still go with Thurgood Marshall because this is more complete. Yes, yes. Only because um, Lincoln didn't have the benefit of time. Okay, I, I mean, I think they're both fighting their own version of a civil war. One a literal civil war, the other a almost equally important civil war, civil crisis. Uh, Colin, what would you what would you say? Well, and you kind of touched on that. Um, you don't get to the civil rights movement without the civil war. Ooh. So you have to bring the South through the ringer and basically destroy the idea of you cannot enslave a human being. Um, so while I think Marshall's amazing with what he did, uh, you know, without Lincoln bringing us through, you don't get the 13th, 14th, or 15th Amendment, which then allows case law to be used by yes. Marshall to win. Yes. Marshall's greatest Lincoln. weapon was created by Lincoln's successors. Right, and Marshall basically weaponizes those amendments and uses them in the courtroom to win the second half of the American, you know, ideal. Crisis, yeah. But you can't get to that without the Civil War, and only Lincoln could bring us through that. Yes. Okay. I like that. I, I like that. Kind of opens my mind to our discussions on Jefferson as we move towards our footprint discussion, though. Uh, Kelly Rizell, first lady of shots. I don't know why I said it all. <laughs> what are you thinking? Uh, thinking about Lincoln? I, I think Colin kind of nailed it there. You can't really have one without the other. But I do wonder what America would have looked like if Lincoln did survive, because he did want to just kind of forgive and forget. Let's you know, pardon everybody, let's bring everyone back together. So it makes me wonder if we could have had all those same constitutional amendments that were pushed forward by the radical Republicans, or if the landscape might have been a little different. I don't know. That's a great point. Yeah, it is. Uh, letting all those Southern generals off without having any court marshals or any kind of, you know, put Jefferson Davis on trial. I mean, we even, Nor at Nuremberg, we tried the Nazis. We tried the Japanese for war crimes. Why he let them, I mean, the whole Appomattox thing, they could keep their weapons and go back to, you know. Yeah. Jeez, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he wanted to repair it, but I don't know if Lincoln would have. Did. I think we would have seen a fighter Lincoln emerge. I always like to think we would have seen a, a fighter Lincoln emerge, plus a very radical Congress coming through, you know, that would have forced or, or supported, you know, maybe Lincoln – had to had to balance on the tightrope, but with radical reconstruction or with a radical Congress coming through, he could have he could have really pushed some aggressive policies. But I don't know if he wanted to. I don't know. Y you know, he, he definitely wouldn't have allowed the Southern states to write black codes, Jim Crow laws and such. Yeah, Jim, Jim Crow laws and black codes. Yeah, like Andrew Johnson kind of turned a blind eye to that yes. and was like, yeah, go ahead, whatever. Well, then we pull out of Reconstruction, and by the time yeah. Plessy comes along, it's yeah. Reconstruction's been dead for 20 years, and yeah. there's nothing stopping them at that point. Even the Supreme Court's not stopping them. And the failure of Reconstruction is why we needed the Civil Rights Movement. But with you know, Lincoln, so. would the Reconstruction era have failed? It's it's an interesting kind of like paradox conversation. In the end. 
Yeah. Would Thurgood have been? Would a Thurgood Marshall have been necessary if Lincoln had survived? That's a that's a tough conversation. I think that on paper, people sit here and say Lincoln Jefferson Thurgood Marshall. It's easy. Lincoln and Jefferson are way more important than Thurgood Marshall, but they're not mm-hmm. way more important. Uh, they might seem like it to at a glance. They might have currencies, but they you know they don't have court decisions. Uh, so, uh, I guess Lincoln or Jefferson does have a the uh, the declaration. Okay, so I. I don't know if we've ever had a question this easy, maybe maybe since Winston Churchill v. Joseph Stalin, but I must ask, who do you believe is the bigger piece of shit? Thomas Jefferson or Thurgood Marshall? Jefferson. Obviously the slave-owning rapist from Virginia who kind of, you know, didn't really do anything to make anything better, even if he wanted to, and kind of just sat on his laurels. And- he did outlaw the slave trade, I mean, but, you know. He did. It was too, a little too late. And I think his beliefs were on, on, on a better side than most of his southern founders, bro- founding brethren. But, you know, yeah. I, I mean, let's just say it for the sake of saying it. It's Jefferson, right? Yes. Yes. All those, all those in favor of Jefferson being the bigger piece of shit say I. I. I say I. The eyes have it. All four of us say that I don't think that there's anything shitty about Thurgood. We discussed that on Twist of Psych. I can't think of the thing that... Yeah, makes... he seems like a pretty stand-up guy. He's good. He's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Jefferson was a, a great mm-hmm. mind, a polymath, a uh, yeah, fascinating, enlightened thinker, and a, ahead of many of his fellow Americans, his fellow... Ahead of his generation, ahead of his time, but yeah. behind so much in so many ways. All right, now we have to talk footprint and wrap this up. So who do you think has left behind the greater historical footprint. The signature of the show, really, of shots is footprint. And I think that we have neglected this. Normally, we don't. Normally, we tease footprint the whole time. But I think we have neglected footprint most of this time. Well, we talk about this all the time, Zach. And when I was listening to this to, to the uh, original show about Thurgood Marshall, and you were talking about the, the informal survey that you had. Yes, yes. I never studied Thurgood Marshall. Not that we are blaming the Westminster Education Pro- History Education Program for that. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, aside from maybe a brief mention. Yeah. I mean, you don't learn about Thurgood Marshall. I knew Brown the board, but I didn't really know Thurgood. Yeah. So, I, I, so I don't know. I, I mean. So in terms of legacy, he's less known, so he is. I, I think Jefferson has a bigger legacy. Like, like, and I say this all the time. One has a bigger legacy. The other has a more important footprint. Wait, who has a more important footprint? I forget my definitions for each. But... I think that legacy is how one's remembered. <laughs> footprint is the, irregardless of how people remember that the facts say that this is the footprint they left on the earth as they left it. Like, you know, legacy, Stalin sucks, but his footprint is catastrophically large. Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. always thought of historical mm-hmm. footprint as carbon mm-hmm. footprint. What we leave, what we do, how our actions impact the world around us. Legacy, yeah. as we've kind of integrated into the show over the past over the past season, really, you know, in our conversations on shots, is how one is remembered. And I think in certain areas that is important. Jefferson certainly more remembered, more memorialized, uh, more. Taught. Okay, by by that logic, then uh, Thurgood Marshall has a bigger footprint, right? Well, it's up to you, Luke, but I'm going to disagree, and I'm going to bring up the fact that we haven't brought up this whole time, which is why I said I liked. Jefferson being in this discussion is that he is a world history figure. In terms of footprint, 
the the epic ripple of the Declaration of Independence throughout the Western world and beyond is kind of it kind of dwarfs the ripple of Brown v. Board it, but I, or American jurisprudence. It is I, I think that Marshall's legacy is by and large confined to America. But the idea I think that's also because of their of the product, and this goes back to you know Jefferson's a child of the Enlightenment. This is when, you know, Western Europe and the United States and uh, British North America start talking about uh, things like politics and government and civics. And so you have Jefferson that dips his toes into philosophy and religion and, and that kind of, th which influences then the European governments that, that come and go after him. Thurgood Marshall, you know, he, he is a product of the civil rights movement. He's dealing with the issues and the problems that are occurring in the United States because of the Civil War that arose from all men are created equal, or are they? Well, that's true. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, both movements, both revolutions, I think, are, are still unfolding today. I don't think they're 100% complete, either person. Oh, I agree. Uh, I agree. I, I mean, footprint's tough. I mean, I, the, the, the world impact of the Declaration or the global impact of the Declaration of Independence is something I think that needs brought up. Kelly, do you have a thought? Yeah, just on what you just said, um, because I do think that Thurgood Marshall and his role in the civil rights movement was global, okay. because if you want to think about Thomas Jefferson, yes, I mean, he wrote the Declaration of Independence. He was brilliant. We all know this. But America was nobody when he was around. In the 1950s and 60s, America was a leading power. People looked to the United States for guidance, and our civil rights movement sparked others across the globe. Okay. 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 So, I mean, it's true. <laughs> I, I I will accept that. I I mean, you know, Declaration of the Rights of the Man. But then again, could, do most people know who Thurgood Marshall is globally, or even in the United States, like your poll showed? Not as much as Thomas Jefferson, but he also is more modern. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, because a lot of historical figures in the latter half of the century, people don't know much about. I mean, people know Reagan. <laughs> people know Dr. King. Uh, yeah, know. but do people do people pay any attention to William William Rehnquist or um, or Sandra Day O'Connor or um, maybe that uh, RBG? Well, maybe okay. <laughs> Sandra Day O'Connor is a bad example, but I mean, name you know name fifteen of the last twenty justices on the Supreme Court. Americans aren't going to be able to do the that. The last twenty? God, I couldn't do that. I could name twenty, but I could not name the last. William Howard Taft. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, Colin, what do you think about footprint? Jefferson or Thurgood? Uh, legacy would be Jefferson for all the aforementioned reasons we've, we've issued. Uh, um, footprint would be the civil rights movement. The civil rights movement finishes what ah. the declaration started. Okay, okay, okay. I like that. And, and so that's why footprint goes to Marshall. But okay. legacy, people will always remember and revere Jefferson for who and what he is and what he did. So in terms of, if, if Footprint was measured on a rising scale in a way, like two rising bars, it, it, even though both revolutions are unfinished in many ways, Marshall's revolution is less unfinished. Uh, it's kind of what you're saying, is that like... It's less unfinished, but it's so much more necessary. Yes, okay. Like when he writes, all men are created equal, he's talking about white property-owning men, yes, yes, yes. blacks are three-fifths of people. That comes later. 
It was not a revolution for women. Women can't vote. So a freedom for who? You know, yeah. Jefferson's, yeah. In, Jefferson's concept is incomplete. Yep. But the civil rights movement completes that arc, and that's why it's infinitely more important okay. as a footprint. Okay. I'll, I, I, I accept and concede to that point, all of your points, really. And going back to what you said about all the, all the appellate cases and all of his Supreme Court decisions uh, that he took part in, you know, I mean, his Supreme Court career was, what, 67 to 91? That, or nine, yeah, 91, I think. I mean, that's, that's a long time. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of decisions being heard. And, you know, Marshall was the kind of guy, I learned this the other day when I was researching Justice Brennan, who he often it was in line with, is that after the death penalty case was kind of overturned again and the death penalty was ruled, in fact, constitutional, him and Brennan took turns writing dissents to every denied uh, certiori, writ of certiori that came up through, saying, no, we should be hearing this. No, we should be hearing this. No, we should be hearing this. You know, and it's just fantastic that he's just such a crusader. And I don't think that Jefferson was. I don't think Jefferson cared as much. I think he lived in the clouds. And I think Marshall lived here on earth fighting the, the crusades of, in, against inequality. I don't know. Any final thoughts on footprints? Final thoughts in general? Final thoughts to get out there? Well, then. Let's wrap it up. So that's it. Before we wrap this up, I do have to say, listeners, be sure to check out the DGMH Facebook group and join in on the conversation. Follow the show on Instagram to see how much I really do drink, especially this last week when I just was on vacation. And please consider leaving the show a great, hopefully five-star review wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I hope you will consider visiting the show's Patreon page, support the show, and get access to even more great content. So it is that time of night where we decide who will win the crown of greatness, who accomplished more, who was a greater leader, who in the end left a greater footprint. Do you need a second to think? Okay, so let's do this. I will give a three, two, one point. And when I point, you will say your answer. So three, two, uh -huh. one. Marshall. Marshall. Okay, you all said Marshall, I said Thurgood, which means that for a rare <laughs> moment, we are in a unanimous agreement. Uh, wow. That Thurgood Marshall beats Thomas Jefferson. The this court rules unanimously. Yes, this court rules unanimously. It's the decision of the court that Jefferson Opinion. is kind of a prick and <laughs> a bit of an egotistical guy. And we are on the side of good, the side of, uh, of moral action, uh, moral fiber. That is Thurgood Marshall. Okay, wow. I, I, I can't say that I, I thought Thurgood was necessarily going to be having an easy battle, but I think that we all kind of took a unique approach here and had a good conversation on that. There's only one thing left to discuss. What's everyone doing a shot of tonight? Luke's not doing a shot of anything tonight. Yeah. I'll just have my youngling, unfortunately. Uh, Kelly, are you doing a shot? Oh, I am doing my Jackfire. All right. I bought a bottle of limoncello, so I'm doing a shot of limoncello. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, but I'll explain what that limoncello is next month as we return. Monticello. <laughs> as we return in one week to discuss a Franco-Italian queen. And I will leave it at that for right now uh, as we return next as we return next uh, next month with our August Great Mind. So look forward to that. Cheers, everyone. Cheers to Thurgood Marshall. Cheers to Thomas Jefferson for making the ball. Cheers to Abraham Lincoln for getting the ball rolling. And cheers to Thurgood Marshall for actually kicking it in the right fucking direction and making a goal. Uh, so and cheers to you guys. That's a sports reference. I can't believe I just made that. Cheers I like it. Thanks for coming on. Salute. Yep. Cheers. Delicious. Delicious. What's the Polish word we're supposed to say? The Polish word? Polish. Isn't there like a cheers from Polish? Oh, huzzah? Yes. Huzzah. 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 <laughs> <laughs>
Is that I don't know. I, I don't, that's what they say in the Russian. That that's what they say on the great. Uh, let's see here. I thought it was oh, from Cherry. Yeah. That's why I only said Polish. Polish cheers. Oh, God. Jake. Jakey? Jake. The Polish cheers is Jakey's, apparently. Uh, Danish, Swedish, Dutch, Russian, and Prussian. Here, here oh. is Polish. <laughs> Jakey. Jakey is Polish. Why would we be saying a Polish cheers right now? Well, Sherry always brings up, to, or at least tells me Polish things. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Polish cheers. There we go. Zhenki. I don't even know how to say that. We've said slanche, we've said cheers, salut, huzzah, huzzah, huzzah. I love it. Well, all right, guys. Cheers.